Well, hey there, it's Christine. I have to tell you that I've been having so much fun exploring and curating a way to care for my mental and physical health that is as challenging as it is cathartic. Think music that connects you to your emotions and movement that just feels good in your body while raising your heart rate, your body temperature, and your presence. We end each class with a guided breath focus to allow it all to integrate into your body, mind, heart, and soul. Our next four weeks of Belly Breath Society, a movement and mindfulness soul care circle, is starting on Monday, and I would love to have you. I teach three live varied level classes a week from 25 to 60 minutes long that require minimal or even no equipment that you can do anywhere. Plus, you get access to my growing on-demand library of recordings to take whenever you want. If you're curious, you're invited to join a live class this week. Visit www.christineboy.com forward slash belly breath society to view our schedule and register for your first class for free. I can't wait to move and breathe with you soon. Welcome to the Breathe Mama podcast. I'm Christine Boy and I'm your host. I'm a woman, a wife, a mama. I'm also an Enneagram 8, a birth and postpartum doula, and a soul care coach. Our breath is foundational to every part of our well-being. This podcast will offer insights, stories, and truth-telling that I hope will feel just like a big belly breath of air for your soul. We will embark on the worthy pursuit of purpose and presence in the little pauses. I hope to encourage and guide you to connect with and nurture the deepest parts of who you are so that you can show up as your truest, most healthy self. And I believe we do that best as a collective, together. Well, hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Breathe Mama podcast. I am super, super excited because this is a dream interview for me in a lot of ways. And I I know you guys are in for a huge treat. So I'm excited to welcome my friend, um, my sister, uh, Tanikia Carpenter. And she is, she's a powerhouse in so many ways. We worked together a long time ago and that's how we originally got connected. But um, she is the founder of Black Owned Chicago and she's a writer and a director and just an incredible mom and wife. And I have loved getting to stay connected with her via social media over the, over the years. And now I get this treat of sitting down virtually, of course, um, to introduce her to you and talk a little bit about what it looks like pursuing your dreams in motherhood. And particularly in this very specific, strange time we're living in during a global pandemic. So, Tanikia, I am so glad you're here. I am happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of we course. We did work together. Long, long time ago. I know. I'm like, where did this all begin? Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. the way back. Yep. So, okay. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what does the day in the life of, of Tanikia look like? Okay. Um, a little bit about me. I am a human, uh, <laughs> a black woman from the south side of Chicago. Um, I love being from Chicago. Um, I am a, a writer. I'm an actress. Um, I find myself producing a lot of things. Um, so I identify as mostly hyphenate for sure. Um, but I'm learning to to focus 
and bring it in. Um, so yeah, a, a day in my life, um, it looks different now. Pre-COVID, it was a little bit of structure. Uh, my three-year-old daughter was in uh, school three days a week. So that gave my husband and I way more time to do all the things we need to do. Um, but now it it's a it's a day by day um situation, you know. Um it's you know, so coffee is definitely um the for sure thing that happens. And um bath time, quiet time, those are things for sure that's gonna happen. Um eating um sometimes. But uh <laughs> yeah, you know, I try to get some writing done. Um, I'm working on the show and um, I have some callbacks for auditions. So I try to like get some time for that. Um, and then tag, I mean, I have to take India and Steve has meetings for his job and things like that. And then we both work for our church part time. So then, you know, sometimes we may have a call for that or, you know, staff meeting for that. So it just usually depends on what the flow is. Um, Wow, lots of screen time for my child. Too much, Amen. too much screen time. Um, so yeah, that is a typical day. And, and you know, since we're in Chicago and it's February, it looks different with COVID from you know the summer because we would at least go to the lake and let her ride her bike and you know the park and stuff. But it's very much like just trying to make things work in the house right now. So that's why I'm like, come on, spring. I'm I know it for you. <laughs> 25 degree day. I'm like, get outside. It's warm. Yes. They're like, yes. why do we still need our coat? I'm like, it's still winter, but it's like, <laughs> world's different than it was the last couple of days. So yes. that's where they are right now. Outside. <laughs> um, okay. So you talked a little bit about some of the work that you do. So just mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about your professional life and like the path that brought you to what it is that you're doing right now. Yeah. So um, what's funny is I, I was interviewed for a podcast earlier today at 10 o'clock. So I talked a little bit about this, another podcast. Um, so I grew up seeing my dad act at the ETA Theater, uh, which is located in Chicago on South Shore. And so I would just be in the audience and seeing my dad on stage, you know, doing his thing. And um, his picture was in the theater. And, and so I just knew like, okay, I want to do something like this. Like, um, and then I was very much um, influenced by the Cosby show, seeing Rudy and like, just wanting to like, okay, I want to do that. You know, didn't really know exactly what it was, but just knew like, I want to go on stage and do that. And I want to be in the television doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I would say I want to be the, the people on the TV. <laughs> um, and so I knew like very young, five, seven, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I started writing, um, we'll write out, you know, little scripts and stuff. And so uh, fast forward to after college, I went to Columbia College studying theater. Um, I didn't stay the entire time because Columbia was just super expensive. <laughs> and at the time, just couldn't make it happen. So um that was that. Uh, so during the time when I was not in school, I was working. I was um, working as a makeup artist for MAC Cosmetics. Um, and I remember like um, one of the makeup artists there, her name is Tia Dantzler. She does like makeup for like Obama, Jennifer Hudson, Chance the Rapper, like 
I remember like asking her to like groom me mm-hmm. to, you know, do makeup and stuff. And she was like, you, you don't want to do this, Nikki. You, you want to act like that's what you really want to do, you know? And I was like, right. You know, why am I, you know, abandoning like this whole thing? And so um, I ended up getting my degree eventually from North Park, um, focused on communications, media studies and Africana studies. Um, and that led me down like just a, a, a totally different path of like doing nonprofit work, um, which is how I met you. Um, and before that, I was I spent a year after graduating interning with Dr. John Perkins. And so that was, that was, you know, God planted like a lot of different seeds, but um, at the job we were at, I, so the the day I left, I didn't know I was going to leave. I was about to literally have a nervous breakdown Mm -hmm. in the bathroom. And it was just so much stress from like, It was so much. I don't know how real I can get, but I just, I felt like I hadn't been been seen at that job. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, my cousin had passed away and she lived with me. We, she was my roommate and they just really didn't acknowledge that. They didn't want to give me more time off because she wasn't my biological sister. Um, it was just, you know, a lot of stuff. I, I submitted, um, I pitched like a, a new position to the the founder and they just literally like looked at it for like a minute after I had spent like weeks working on it and had a meeting with them which is like oh this is not gonna work you know it was just just didn't feel seen and so um I had a nervous breakdown and I called my fiance at the time which is my husband now I called my mom I called my best friend I was in the bathroom crying and nobody talked me off the ledge everybody was like leave Mm. And I'm like, okay, y'all do not have rent, right? And then, <laughs> but but nobody said like, just calm down. It, like everybody was like, you will find something in two weeks. Like it, just take a leap of faith, just go. And so I went upstairs to my supervisor and I said, this is my official notice. You know, I will have something formal for you in writing back tomorrow morning. But this is my two weeks notice. Um, mm. And literally, like, I had something two weeks later. Um, I was doing social media for small businesses and stuff. Yeah, like, God just provided. And so that gave me time to, like, explore, like, you ran away from acting <laughs> for so long. Like, and writing, it's time to come back. So I started really focusing on my blog and just writing, writing and connecting. And um, this is such a long answer. But... I went to a blogging conference and at the conference, Ava DuVernay was there, but she wasn't Ava DuVernay who we know now. She was, oh, I have this film. I'm working, you know, like just small Ava DuVernay. Yes. And I remember like gravitating towards like her session and just like soaking it all up. I had pictures with her and my friends are like, that's what you want to do. Why are you at a blogging conference? That filmmaking, the acting, the directing, that that is what you really want to do. Stop. You need to stop playing. And so here I am now. <laughs> so I, it, it, it took a long way to, you know, to, to come to come back to it. But yeah. Long winding road. Yes. <laughs> but, and there were so many things that, you know, I felt like God was using. Like, I don't feel like any of that time was wasted, you know? 
Yep. But yeah, I'm just happy to be back. <laughs> Amazing. And tell me about the show that you're you're writing or you've already written. Yeah. So I um a few years ago, I pitched a show called The Black Monologues to a few theaters in Chicago, uh, Victory Gardens Theater. They bit, like, they was like, let's do this. Um, and so we do it. It's, it's usually Black History Month, but everything is sort of kind of thrown off now. So it's in April, um, April 10th. It's a virtual show. It's their first show. They haven't done anything since COVID. So 2021 we're their first production. Um, I am writing it with two other writers and it's called Remember Us, A Celebration of Black Joy Through Generations. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was inspired because I had COVID last month. Mm -hmm. My husband had COVID. Um, thank God our toddler didn't get it. But when we, when I had COVID, I didn't want to consume any negative news. Like I remember like watching the the riots at the Capitol and um, the anchor said, you know, and today is the deadliest day of COVID. And this is where I turned it off. Like, I was like, no, because I am currently fighting this. I don't need to hear anything like that, you know? And so I would just gravitate towards comedy and, you know, things that make me happy. And so when I, when they approached me about us doing a show, the first thing I said was, it has to be joy. It has to be comedy. It has to be things to make people laugh because we are, we are living <laughs> in a sad time. We don't need anything else to make us cry. Like, let's loosen up and laugh. So, so yeah. <laughs> when is it, it going to happen? Um, April 10th at, um, wow. it's a virtual show. I, I'll, I'll send you like the link and stuff. It's, free to the public like the, that program is totally free they just want people to come see the show so yeah I can't it's, wait that is so yeah. cool <laughs> oh my gosh. okay so let's talk a little bit about you have a three-year-old daughter and yes. so what is I know this is a very big question but what about motherhood has impacted the way that you show up for your work or mm -hmm. Yeah, tell me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, one of my friends, uh, she she has a brand called Purpose Pushing Moms. Her name is Ariel. And she said something uh, that has stuck with me forever. She was like, you know, if if you want you you're gonna want a mom on your team, a mom in your organization, like you want a mom there because truth is I have done more before 6 a.m. than any of you guys have done all week, right? And so, <laughs> and so I feel like her having her and like knowing that I don't know when is the next time I'm gonna have a free moment. I am more focused than ever. Like I'm gonna get the work done because I don't know when I'm gonna have a chance to get the work done. <laughs> That's right. So like literally I, I work different now. Um, the quality isn't lost, but I just work quicker you know like I'll, I'll take social media off my phone like in a minute like I have to focus you know so that's definitely um what being a mom has done for me <laughs> yes so some compartmentalization you know or able to like get really clear on what it is that you need to do in single mm -hmm. tasks which is what we all should be doing but yes to an extent like 
that's what's going to allow us to get more of that work done. And just knowing your boundaries, like mm -hmm. those social media apps on the phone aren't going to serve you in that moment. They can come back, you know, later, yep. but giving yourself those guardrails, so to speak, mm -hmm. definitely something I found too. That's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what are you most proud of? Um, in, in what you've created? Because you've created a lot of things or been sort of a catalyst for, yes. for a lot of things. So tell, tell me about yeah. what you're most proud of. I would say um, definitely you mentioned Black on Chicago. Um, I'm not as involved. I sort of kind of let, um, he's my husband's producer. He was, you know, working behind the scenes. I let him take over it just so I can focus on more so writing and acting. But when I look back at the community that, we were able to build, you know, like that came at a time where, you know, everybody is let's shop black owned now, but that genuinely came at a time where like I just wanted to highlight black owned businesses. And that was because I grew up with my dad saying, like, hey, let's go support that business. They're black owned. Like he made a huge emphasis on that that I didn't even realize how powerful that was until I did, you know? Yes. And so definitely Black on Chicago. Um, we, we still get testimonials to this day. Like people found us through Black on Chicago, you know? I'm like, that's that's cool. And, and sometimes I feel like a urge to get back. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm building something different. That is that, you know? Um, so I'm definitely proud of that. And we are working... Um, on a 10 minute film that's gonna come out for uh, Black Maternal Health Week. Um, mm -hmm. It's called No Due Date. And this was inspired when my husband and I were trying to conceive for two years. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, there are so many scenarios that are very insensitive when you're trying to conceive, but um, people just don't understand until they're trying to conceive, you know? And so I wanted to highlight that, like, especially in the African-American community, because it's not spoken on a lot, you know? And so it's a 10 minute film. It's, it's sort of kind of a silent film, but you know, it's a, it's a little bit of dialogue, um, but we're filming that next month and having it come out um, just in time for Black Maternal Health Week, um, which is April 18th to the 24th. So I am super proud of that because that's something that's been on my heart since I was getting negative pregnancy tests, you know, and seeing it now, I had to reconstruct the script to make it COVID friendly, but it made it more um, creative. And so I just feel like now is the time, like it's the perfect time to get it out there and just, you know, go on to the, the next project, but I'm ready for that to be out. So it I'm proud of that. You. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Well, I think you know that I'm a doula and have been in the birth world for a mm -hmm. while. And so I, I'm just so excited to, to be able to watch that and to share that because you're right. There's not enough voices, mm -hmm. particularly um, in black maternal health. So I'm yeah. really, I, I'm proud of you for that. I'm so yeah. incredible. <laughs> Um, thank you special place in my heart um yeah and it was like even my own experience giving like giving birth to india um it was definitely like the epidural probably speaking through me but <laughs> I, I looked up and my my OBGYN, she's a black woman and then like it was like 
three other nurses or something and they were all black women mm-hmm. and I was a black woman giving birth to this black girl I literally said out loud let's get this black girl magic going and I was like I look back now like that was the epidural like how are you fully dilated saying stuff like that yeah you had a little relief and you were just feeling it I love it 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 just it wasn't lost on me that Mm -hmm. the moment of what was happening and the the care I was receiving you know it just wasn't lost so yeah (laughs) amazing that just I can picture it because I've been at a lot of births and I it just sounds so beautiful that's yes Well, okay. I don't know if there's a lot of this in your life right now, but is there, talk about the role of rest in this Mm -hmm. season. What does that look like for you? um, Yeah. In this particular time. Yeah. Um, so I, I take a lot of bubble baths. I love a good bubble bath. You know, we recently moved. So the last apartment, only person who take baths was India, but now we have like the jet stream going and I have like thousands of candles and I literally lock the door and I have either sometimes like a good show I'm watching or just my own thoughts because you know as a mom it's like I just want to have a thought like (laughs) one would be awesome yes I almost had a thought wait you know like just just to think without being interrupted you know and so that is rest and we are committed now to like going to um, a hotel once a month and just, you know, whether it's the family or myself. So last month I went with my friends after recovering from COVID, we went to, um, I forgot the name of that hotel downtown, but it was just super, super duper nice. We just stayed for one night just to, mm-hmm. you know, cause you already can't go anywhere with COVID, you know, and then we took India to, um, where did we where did we take her? We were just there like two weeks ago. Why am I drawing a blank? <laughs> um, some it was some hotel that has a swimming pool that's oh oh the Hyatt the Hyatt in um Oakbrook. We took her swimming, and so that was the family getaway, and it was so crazy because as soon as we once it opened the door to the hotel room, India just ran in and started jumping on the bed. And I was like, oh, you needed this too. Like, you know, and so she, I want to go swimming. And so now we're just like, every month we have to have some experience uh, because it's been a year, like it's been a whole year. (laughs) So that's rest. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of space from the responsibility of the day to day. Mm -hmm. And I hear that about the kids needing it too. I mean... Yeah, we we just booked something for spring break, but I feel like it's not even soon enough. Like, yeah. you know, the beginning of April feels like so long, long. Yeah. And they are feeling it. And yeah, less of the monotony and the uncertainty. It's it's weighing on the whole family. So I love that you guys are doing that. Like either you or the family. Yeah. Prioritizing that. That sounds so <laughs> so simple like why did yeah. I do that it's I mean that's so um important to model too for for mm-hmm. her like we we do this we prioritize time together and yeah. and we get away from we don't just you know grind all the time or you know hustle all the time and and yeah I a really powerful example and for her it was it was like simple because I went to Walmart before we went to the hotel and I just got like Clay-Doh and like 
coloring books and stuff, you know? And like, that was like her dream. Like, I mean, she was, we were able to like chill in the bed and stuff. And she's like at the desk building her stuff and like coloring her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we need to just do this every other <laughs> I'm I'm already like, when can we do this? I'm literally like about this some, idea. Get some little trinkets and they are just like we will order food. Like, what do you want? Pizza? Do you want I want pizza? Yeah. Just like simple, you know, mm -hmm. and she was living it up. <laughs> so fun. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um okay, so what are some of the challenges? Like, do you feel like there are consistent obstacles that you're coming up against? in this season or in in you know the three years you've been a mom like what what do you feel like you're consistently like strategizing to figure out or just having a hard time with child care <laughs> child care like that has even before covid just trying to figure out you know okay is she gonna sleep through the night and and, and dealing with like, so we are millennials. So our grandparents are millennial grandparents, yeah. which means like they actually have stuff to do. They like to travel themselves. Like, and it's like, oh my gosh, just sit down. Like, just be an old school grandma, make her some cookies, raise her for like a month and then drop her back home. So that's the ongoing issue. Uh, but especially with COVID, it's like, okay, we need, one, we need time to work and I just need time to just think and work on my projects and actually work for my job that pays. But then two, like something I've been noticing lately, I feel like she has forgotten how to like act with people outside the house. So I'm like, grandma's talking to you, like, and I can't say look her in her eye, but I'm just like, hey, say like, look at the camera, like, look, you know, like, so she needs to be around people for her, like, developmental skills, so it's child care, like, you need, I need you a way so you can develop, and I need to develop, too, you know, a thousand. So that's a cons constant, consistent struggle. <laughs> I hear that, that, yes, and especially in this time, it's not like you can just call up a babysitter or ask a friend for a referral. It's just so much more complex than that. And it's the first. a break, a break for both of you. Absence makes the heart grow fond. Yes, it's the, I, I'm think like, and now my mom is seeing that like India is, is not listening to her more on Zoom. She's just like, not that she doesn't love her grandmother. She just, if, I, if you're not in person, I'm sort of kind of like just not engaged, you know? Yeah. And so now she's like, okay, well, we just got to see what we can do. I'm like, yeah, because yep. she doesn't respect me right now. <laughs> it is so hard to translate that through the screen. And in the case of the <laughs> girls, they're on the screen all day long. And so it is just, you know, it's just, it's tricky. It feels like an impossible choice all the time. You know, like, do we do more screen time or do we do yeah less than just hang out the five of us or the three of us. Right. It is yeah. possible. <laughs> okay. Um, as an artist and an entrepreneur in many ways, um, what is like, maybe not the most profound, but what is like a, a profound, powerful lesson that you've learned or that you're learning as you, as you pursue your dreams? Hmm. 
Um, right now, I am learning to do the work. Um, so I, I sent out something in my my newsletter, and um, I don't want to mess the quote up, but it's by Roxanne Gay. Um, and let me make sure I'm getting it right. But when I saw that, it's just like literally touched my soul. Um, it says, I hope to spend time doing more creating and less time on the hamster wheel of maintaining visibility. And I, you know, again, we've come up in millennial area, social media. So that's just been like the way of living. And I realized that I've been um, trying to keep people engaged by like producing quick content as opposed to spending time creating the real content that I'm passionate about. So it's like, let me post a picture really quick or let me just do like so many Instagram stories, but that's taking time away from, let me finish this script. Let me finish, you know, this monologue or whatever. And so that's what I'm learning. And I'm, I'm learning it because again, I grew up with this stuff. So like I can take it off my phone and then look up and I'm on it. It's like, oh crap. Like I have, you know, it's just by default, you know? So that's what I'm learning. And, and then somebody else has said something. Um, Melissa Kimball, she's the founder of Black Creatives. She once tweeted that if everybody is busy being a brand, then who's creating the art? You know, if we're busy being a brand and where are all the artists? And that stuck with me too, because it's like, yeah, like I, I'm an artist, you know? Like, I'm just, I just want to create. I don't have to have a perfect, Instagram feed and you know like I just want to create art <laughs> um and so I'm learning and unlearning so much of that I love that and I know you have a background in in social media and so I imagine there's like this pull to like well I know how to do this well but it takes time and energy away from yeah sort of the important work that it is that you want to do and the meat of it um I feel that too and and I think for me, I, I I don't consider myself an artist, but I do think the connection, you know, I want to be connecting with women and I want to be connecting women to one another. And I feel like that is really hard to do when I'm like worried about what color my, you know, yes. feet is or whatever. Right. Yeah. And certainly there are things to, to learn and, you know, ways to connect with my audience, but ultimately I need to cut those things out in order to prioritize the things that are important. So I think there's a time for it too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, there can, there can be a season where like, yes, my script is done. Let me have fun, you know, like, but just, I was just consuming so much of it and putting like so much empty content out there. That's like, wow, you're not even making time for the real things that you want to, to share. So yeah, I mean, it, it will be a time where, yeah, I will be on a yacht and I'll be just posting, you know, but it's right. still and I have to go write my script. <laughs> right. Well, and for me, I don't know if this is true for you, but I feel like sometimes that's like a form of procrastination a little bit. Like the hard, yeah. the hard work is the good work that I really do want to be doing but I'm also intimidated by it, or it's easier to just create a TikTok or, you know, a reel or whatever. And ultimately that doesn't serve like 
my mission and yes. you know the the ultimate goal. So it's a it's a discipline that I need to continue to cultivate. Mm -hmm. Couple a couple fun things like what lights you up? What are you watching or reading right now? Yeah. Um, what lights me up? Uh, Black History. It's it's a Instagram account called Black Archives, and she literally just shares like pictures from Black culture in the sixties, seventies, and it's so cool because sometimes people are like, "Oh wait, that was my neighbor," or like, "That's my dad," and you know, like just old photos that like photographers have taken, and so um, that lights me up. Um, hobby, my hobby is photography, so that's why I love it as well. Um, stand up comedy. I love stand up comedy. <laughs> I love laughing. It's in my bio. I'm a professional laugher. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, that that lights me up for sure. And then like there's a a, a very um, I don't even know how to a, a feminine side of me that I enjoy perfume, candles, DoTerra, essential oils, like. All of the bath herbs, baths, scrubbing myself. Like, I just exfoliate everything that you could think of that comes with, like, being feminine. That's me. Like, I love it all. <laughs> so that lights me all the way up, for sure. Amazing. I agree with you. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I've found, I found baths in the pandemic. And... Mm -hmm. And just making like a ritual of it or like, yep. like this is, this is my time, my investment in, in myself, my sanity, my mental. Yep. Okay. Yep. What are you reading or watching? Um, I, what am I reading? I am still trying to finish uh transcended kingdom, um, by Yaga Yasi. Uh, it's hard to read. It's hard to read because one, just, I have a child, um, but then also I'm in a writing season. So I'm like, just not trying to, to fight that. It's like, let me actually write. Um, and I also just purchased uh, Cicely Tyson's book, Just As I Am, her memoir. Yeah. So I do plan to dig into that in March if I can. Um, I am watching, I'm always watching so many things. I just finished uh, binge watching Greenleaf. Um, which I hadn't, I wasn't, in, I wasn't into it when it was actually on TV, but then I just binge watched it. Um, I'm trying to watch more movies of great actors. Um, so I just, I need to just like dig deep and just start with all of Denzel stuff and Meryl Streep. Like I just need to just dig into that um, just to see, you know, their work. So that's definitely, um, something I'm watching. Oh, and I'm reading more plays too, just for like structure or writing and stuff, mm -hmm. um, more plays. So, yeah. All right, last question. What are you feeling like in this season that you want or need more of, and then mm -hmm. something that you want or need less of? I need more time away from my child. <laughs> and, and, I mean, we as moms, we know, like, in order for me to be a even better mom, mm -hmm. I need more time away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is definitely COVID talking to. Yeah. Um, what do I need less of? Um, less, I would say, uh, toxic relationships. So... Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I'm at a place where I'm in therapy now for some stuff, you know, and just even with family, I have set boundaries and it feels good. <laughs> it feels good. It's like, why didn't I do this sooner? But even more so like now, you know, because of the verbal abuse and things that happened to me as a child, even setting a boundary like, oh, you will never babysit or be alone with my child, you know? Um, so yeah, so less of, of not even toxic because it, it was toxic, but just the fakeness, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't have to, to come to the house for Christmas. I don't have to get you a gift. You don't have to give me anything. You don't have to get my child anything. Like we are in a community that loves us and, and those relationships are the ones that I am pouring into, you know? So yes, the, the fakeness is the facade. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, we we call our, you know, our close friends like our family and, you know, the the family that you choose can be such a powerful, especially Mm -hmm. in parenting, especially in the pandemic, like, you know, the people that you want to be around and that are healthy for you to be around. Yeah. Rising to the top and that's becoming more clear and Mm -hmm. putting those boundaries in place maybe becomes a little easier as the clarity comes to like, all right. You, like you said, maybe I should have done this sooner, but now I really know. And this is important to me. Yep. Yep. Speaking of India, she just got home. I hear a little voice. Amazing. <laughs> well, I am so grateful for you taking time today and for your story in your life. I really, I love you from afar. I love you in person when I can give you a hug next. And I'm yes. sure I can't wait for April and all the things that you've been working so hard on are going to take place. And, um, I will, I will always share, share you with, with my community and my audience. Yes, Thank you. And I am grateful. I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm, I'm grateful that you considered me and I am, we already talked about this. I'm just grateful for your strength and courage as a mom and for you to be so transparent and vulnerable and to share your story with us. I know for a fact it has encouraged more people to do the work, you know, to, to go and, and get the examinations and all those those things that we need to do. So thank you for sharing that with us and thank you for your strength. And I'm praying for you, always loving you from afar as well. And a play date will happen when it's that's right. When it's time when COVID leaves us alone. <laughs> that sounds perfect. We will love that. Well, yes. thank you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Give India a squeeze for me and uh, take care. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good one. Hi, fam. Can I ask you a quick favor? If you love this podcast, please subscribe. You'll get real-time updates when new episodes drop, and I would love to have you along for this ride. Feeling inspired? Share the love. Rate Breathe Mama five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Send a friend a link to this episode, and please send me a message at hello at christineboy.com. Want to hang out more? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Breathe Mama Collective, and you're invited to join my brand new free Facebook community where you can connect with other like-minded, mama-hearted women as we pursue soul care together. Visit www.christineboy.com or click on the link in the show notes to join the party. Until next time.
breathe, mama.